Amen. I, I want you to, to remember that, that God is going to do exactly what he promised. And for my title, God has given me protect the promise. Amen. Protect the promise. And so, and so on the, the, the previous, well, not the previous Sunday, but the last time I, I preached, you know, I, we were in Matthew and God was telling us he's trying to birth something big in our life. Amen. And we were talking about the birth of Jesus. And so on this Sunday, I, I, I want to continue with that. I want to continue with that story. And I want to encourage you to protect the promise. And so tying into that to that first sermon, amen, the promise is Jesus. And I want to tell y'all, you better protect your Jesus. You got to protect your Jesus. You got to keep your Jesus close. Because I want to tell you, the world wants to snatch him from you. And so sometimes, you know, I was just thinking this week that sometimes as Christians, we can be in our little bubbles, right? And, you know, if we in our little Christian bubble and a, and a, and a few of our friends are Christians and, you know, we thinking everything all right, or at least it's not as bad as it is. But there are so many people out there, y'all, who are lost, who are walking away from God. They have, they, they, they have been in the church and that are walking away from the church. There are so many people that have church hurt. There are so many people that are confused, that have questions about Jesus, that have questions about God, that have questions about all this pain and this suffering, and that have lost loved ones, and they like, God, where are you and why? Amen. And I want to encourage y'all today to protect the promise, right? Don't let the world, don't let situations, don't let circumstances snatch Jesus away from you. And so I'm going to be in Matthew, the, the second chapter. And for those that don't know, we have like a we have like a little theme every month that we do every year. Every month is the same theme. And so for January, our theme is why scripture. And I want to tell y'all that scripture is so important. It's a roadmap. And I, you know, I remember I preached this sermon one time and, and the title was it's the stories for me. So when I read the Bible and I'm reading these stories and I'm putting myself in these people's shoes, it gives me strength to go on. Right. Because I always as I'm reading, I'm always looking to say, where is Jesus in this story? Right. Because I need to know where he is in my own personal story. I need to be able to identify him and what the world wants to do. It wants to make you think that he's nowhere around, that he's nowhere to be found. But that's not true. You better protect your promise. You got to protect the things that God has said, that God has spoken over you. When he tell you it's going to be all right, you got to protect that. Even when it don't feel like it's going to be all right, you got to protect that promise so that you know it's going to be all right. You got to protect it. And so I'm in Matthew. I'm in the I'm in the, the second chapter. I'm going to ask you all to stand for these first few verses and then you can be seated for the rest of the sermon. I'm in Matthew 2 and I want to start at verse 13 and I'm going to read through 18. And it reads, it says, after they had left. An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, Herod will be looking for the child in order to kill him. So get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to leave. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and left during the night for Egypt where he stayed until Herod died. This was done to make come true. But the Lord said through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Amen. 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 You can be seated. And y'all, I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, does Joseph know what he got himself into? 
Right. So you remember in the first sermon, right? He he is he is tasked with marrying Mary, and Mary is pregnant and it's not his baby. So the Holy Spirit talked to him and he's like, okay, God, I'm gonna take the assignment. Yeah. Now that he takes the assignment, you mean to tell me I got to run for my life? And that's what it feels like sometimes when we get into a relationship when Jesus enters the picture. It's like, okay, now that Jesus is in my life, I'm starting to notice all of this danger around me that's in the world. I'm starting to notice all of this sin around me, all of this evil around me, all of this pain around me in this world. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what did I get myself into? Because I don't know about y'all, but when I was in the world, I didn't feel danger the same way, right? I remember the time I'm in Atlanta. We stopping at the gas station. We on the way to the club. I find a, a, a nickel bag on the ground. We pick it up and smoke it. Oh, Jesus. We don't know what's in it. Glory, glory. Right? I'm riding down 75, high and drunk as a kite. Can't feel my body, right? Danger not even crossing my mind. When I was in the world, danger made no sense, right? I'm at the club and they shooting. Right. All of these things, putting myself in all these dangerous situations, but it doesn't matter. The next weekend, let's do it again. But when I get to know Jesus, when I get to know Jesus and now, now I'm noticing all of these dangers. I'm noticing my family is in danger. My wife is in danger. My kids in danger. That Satan is coming for us and he's trying to take our life. That's the situation that Joseph found himself in. I got the son of God. He's in my care. He's in my protection. I want him to, I want him to grow up and I want him to fully mature in my life. But Satan trying to snuff him out in his infancy. He's trying to kill him. Right? So I say all the time as a, as a, as a Christian who has been walking this right, right? saying you should have got me when you could. You should have took me out while you had a chance. But now like, now I want, I want to see this Jesus fully mature, and I want him to grow up in my life and become the savior that he's supposed to be, to become the God that he's supposed to be. But I want to tell you that same trying to snuff him out. And he's due to say, if you don't have a relationship with you, with Jesus when you get him, don't think that, okay, pastor said, if I give my life to Christ, I'm going to be good, right? You're going to be good, but there's still going to be some trials and tribulations that's going to come your way because Satan does not going to like the fact that you're trying to get your life together. Right. But I love what the word says. The word says that he, that God allowed this to happen so it could become true. I call my son out of Egypt. So God saves you, but he, he allows you to remain in the world because he wants your life to be a testimony for others that's in the world so that they can see that you're different, that you have been called out, that you have been set apart, that you are holy, that you are a peculiar type of person. So God calls out of the world. Y'all understand understand where I'm going? But when it's happening to you, it don't feel like that. What it feels like is your life has been turned upside down. And the truth is, when you get to know Jesus, it has. Your life has been totally turned upside down. So Joseph was good. I bet Joseph thought, man, I'm about to get married, right? Like all this. And now all of a sudden, Jesus enters the picture and his whole life is turned upside down. And I can imagine him saying, I didn't think this thing was going to turn out how it's turning out. God say, I'm going to take you on a detour. And I want to tell y'all that detours are alternative routes to a desired location. And so right now, while we are down here on this earth, it is a detour, y'all. 
This is not our final destination. We just down here on, we came from glory and the goal is to get back to glory. That's where we came from. We came from where he was and where he is. And the goal is to get back there. And so what we are living through right now is just a detour. And you may be feeling like, well, no, I want to go straight there. But let me tell you, a lot of times when detours, when they change the route, that's because maybe some oil or some dangerous chemical has spilled in the road or there's a car accident up ahead or there's power lines down. Sometimes God sends us on detours because there's danger in the way. And that's what he did for Joseph and Mary. He said, I know you probably wasn't thinking that you really, you're getting ready to go to Egypt, that you're getting ready to go on this detour. I know you weren't thinking that, Joseph, but if you stay here, Herod is going to kill the baby. You got to go. You got to go. So God made detours. But what I love about this now and what I want to make clear is you need your detour to be God made. You don't need to come up with a personal route thinking you're going to shave a little time off your trip. Right? It's like when you're watching TV and you're watching them sitcoms and it's that dad that never want to ask for directions and then they end up getting lost. Thinking he knows the way. Right? I know, like I, I drive all the time. I know the way. And that's how we do. We make up our own personal detours. But what I love about this is the word, once again, the Holy Spirit is, is speaking. God say, Joseph, get up. Get up. Herod is going to try to kill the baby. I need y'all to go. So God-made detours are designed to help us escape the enemy. God gave Joseph the promise, and Joseph trusted God to protect it. Stop trying to figure God out. When Jesus enters your life, and he starts, like that song, when he starts turning things around, don't start, don't, don't start thinking you smarter than you are and you start trying to figure out what his next step is in the process of turning your life around. When he, when he says, I'm going to do it for you, trust him and then just protect the promise. Don't start trying to figure out what it's going to look like and how he's going to do it. And God, how you going to bring this about? If he gave it to you, just trust him and then protect it. And that's what Joseph, Joseph, Joseph probably say, okay, God. I know this baby, that he, he's something, Jesus is something special. And you've never let me wrong that up until this point in my life. So I know you're not going to lead me astray now. I know you're not going to make me take this detour for no reason. I know you're not going to send me this way. I know you're not going to send me the 3PD for no reason. For me, I know he didn't send me. I went all the way to Americas to get saved. When there's a hundred churches right here in Albany. I know you're not going to make a mistake. I know you're not going to see me on this detour for a reason. Because sometimes on your, on your detour, you meet the very people that you need to meet so that you can make it home safely. So then in that 16 verse, the word says, when Herod realized that the visitors from the east had tricked him. So we're talking about those wise men who saw the star in the sky and they went to go find Jesus. So when Herod realized that the visitors from the east had tricked him, he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and his neighborhood who were two years old and younger. This was done in accordance with what he had learned from the visitors about the time when the star had appeared. 
In this way, what the prophet Jeremiah had said came true. A sound is heard in Ramah. A sound of bitter weeping. Rachel is crying for her children. She refuses to be comforted for they are dead. And I want to tell y'all, I wrestled with that, y'all. I said, God, why would you kill all those little baby boys? But the thing that I want to tell y'all is don't skip over stuff like this in the Bible. A lot of people will have you have you think, well, what kind of God is that that would allow these baby boys to get killed? Well, God wants you to understand the severity of the type of world that you live in. Right. We read this in the Bible, but how many times have you turned on the news and you said a mother is going to jail for killing her child? Or a parent has neglected and something happened to a baby. Right. How many times do you turn on the news and you hear horrific things? Like, don't skip over these things. God is not doing this. This is the result of a fallen world that we live in. And God is the only answer. Right. So the Bible says when Herod realized what happened, when Herod realized what happened, he gave this order. And that's what happened. When Satan realized that Jesus has entered the picture, he gets furious. And he not only want to kill Jesus, he want to come. He wants to kill everybody and anybody who could possibly be like Jesus or connected to him in any way. So he said, kill everything that's about the same age as Jesus. And that 18 verse tells us, right, that it's the sound of weeping. And that's what God wants us to do. But we know that the Bible tells us if we mourn, we shall be comforted. So I did some research and I'm, I'm just like, I want you to make note of this. So we talked about last, the, the two Sundays ago, the birth of something big. I want you to know something about birth. It's painful. It's painful. It's bloody. Think about it. It's bloody and it's not without cost. In Jesus' day and even today, having a baby is downright dangerous. You know how many people die in childbirth? It's dangerous. And so there are two fathers in this story. One is, one is Joseph, who's a surrogate, who's instructed by the Holy Spirit. God say, raise this child as your own. This is the Christian parent. This is me. This is my wife. Any of y'all that got children, I want to tell you that you are a surrogate. You know, we walk around and call ourselves biological, but at the end of the day, God is the father. You can't do nothing for your baby. You just a surrogate. God has just put that child in your care. And you got to be like Joseph. You got to protect what he has given you. You got to protect your promise because that baby got a promise over his life. Right? So that's one father. And then the other father is like Herod. So when you research Herod, Herod would kill anybody because he was a king he would kill anybody that would challenge his throne. He killed his own kids, his nephews, anybody that would challenge his throne. And you got some parents like that. They don't care about nobody but themselves. And so their, their life comes with a price. Giving birth to somebody, when God puts a promise or he's trying to birth something in your life, I need you to understand that there's going to be pain. And that there are going to be detours along the way. We tell our oldest son, I'm sorry all the time. And we say we sorry all the time because you were the first one. We messed you up. We didn't know what we were doing. We took so many detours. By the time we got to number four, we knew a little bit better what we were doing. Right? They're going to be detours along the way and things that you can't, you can't prepare for 
but for the grace of God. So when God, when God is working in your life, you need to understand that it's going to be messy. You're going to be messy. It's going to be messy. And you need to understand that, that Satan does not want you to get close to Jesus. He don't want you to have a relationship with Jesus. He, wanted, he wants to kill everything and anyone connected to Jesus. And so when we read this story about these little, these two-year-old boys dying, God wants you to understand that life comes with a price. But the thing that I love about scripture, right? So let's just say that these boys, could, they, they, they were not killed and they lived. But Jesus was not born. Right? So you got these boys. And they lived a whole life and had kids and a career and all this stuff. But because of sin, they die and go to hell. Yeah. But because Jesus is born, it gives the possibility for life after death. So the boys are still all right. The boys are still all right. And Jesus is alive. God is alive. And so what God wants us to see in this is that birth is bloody and it's messy, but it's also a joyous occasion when you're holding that baby and you're like, ooh, this, this, I ain't never really came out of me, but you know, she was like, this came out of me? This little bundle of joy, okay, this is like, God birthed this in me? Or, or as a father, this is my seed? This is what I, like, I produce this? So then, like, when God is birthing something in your life, you can expect joy and you can expect pain. Satan don't want you to have, like, he, he don't want you to have the joy. He just wants you to have the pain. He don't want it. He, don't, he doesn't want because that's the thing. Satan can't give life. He hates life. He hates life. He wishes that man was never created. Because y'all got to think, he wanted all, he wanted all the glory. He wanted to be God. He wanted all the adoration. And we were built to praise God. So he hates us. So we got to remember that when God gives us a promise, when he's trying to birth something in our life, you know, Jesus is the only threat. So you might go start a business. You might be a millionaire. That doesn't threaten Satan. What you do with the works of your own hand doesn't threaten Satan. It's only when it's a Jesus type of experience does Satan get upset. Satan don't care about you having money. He don't care about you being in a relationship and having a big house. That, that's not that's a, that's a non-threat to him. But it's when God tries to birth something in your life that's tied to Jesus, that's when saints say, no, nah, kill all that. Kill all of that. Kill everything in the neighborhood, everything in the vicinity. Kill all of it. And that's why you got to protect your promise. And that's why I'm stressing that the promise is not it, it, it's not the, it's not the prosperity God that you that you going that you going to get all this money and everything going to be good that's not the promise the promise is Jesus yeah. protect your Jesus how much how much time do we spend protecting our money and protecting our house and protecting our feelings no protect your Jesus protect your Jesus our obedience as parents it's the vehicle that's going to deliver a child who came back to glory. And the road is often filled with detours. Our job is to obey. 
Our job is to obey and to, and to protect that promise so that we can make it back home. So I have a question for y'all. What part of birth do you celebrate? You know, we always celebrate the part where the, the, the first y'all, we celebrate the first, the first birthday and the baby can't even remember. Right? We celebrate that. We never, re- we never really celebrate the pain or the, or the detour. But we should. Especially when we live through them. Because they become a reason to give God glory. Right? You don't really understand life if you don't understand the joy and the pain of it. Like you really don't understand how much of a miracle a baby is if you don't understand the danger in giving birth to a child. That's what makes it a blessing. Because it could have been the other way. The baby could have died. The baby could have been aborted. You could have died. But when God allows life to come forth, that should be all the more reason, even though it was painful, that should be all the more reason to praise him. Isn't it amazing how birth involves blood and water and pain and genetics and DNA and it leaves so many unknown possibilities? When you get pregnant, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, we got we got sonograms and all these things, but you really don't know what you're going to get. And it's the same thing when God is trying to birth something in your life. You don't really know what you're going to get. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know if it's going to come out handicapped. If it does, is it, is it still a blessing? Because Satan didn't give it to you. Satan can't get life. So even, even, if, it, even if, it, if what he's birthing doesn't come out how you think it's going to look, is it still a blessing? Yes, it is. It's amazing how birth involves all of these things. Because even the uncomfortable parts of it, it provides a reason for joy. You can't know. I, want, I remember one Bible study, I asked the question, what, what do you think life would be like if you could not feel physically feel pain? You may think it's a good thing, but what if you like you walking around on a broke ankle and can't feel it? Right? We have to be able to feel the pain as well. And that's why I say don't, don't skip over the uncomfortable parts of Scripture. While you on this journey, don't just be looking for it to be good all the time. Expect pain. And when you live through it, that's all the more reason to praise him and celebrate him. Right? So we celebrate the savior of the world while innocent baby boys die. How many of y'all had ever read that? How many of y'all, you know, every Christmas we talk about the baby in the manger, but how many of y'all realize that people died behind that? Jesus coming into the world, it cost. It cost some people their life. So we celebrate the Savior of the world while innocent babies die. But without Jesus' birth, these same babies, you know, they couldn't be resurrected again. If they were to live but there's no Jesus, what would have been their fate? What would have been our fate? Would any of us have a chance? We have to make God bigger than our problems and our pain. We got to protect the promises of God in our heart. You got to make God bigger. You got to make what he's trying to birth in you bigger than the pain that it's going to take to give birth to it. I ain't never had no baby, but I ain't never seen nobody be able to stop pushing. Right? Once you in the process of delivery, I ain't seen nobody say, nope, I don't want to do it no more. Let me suck it up. Go back in. And then the baby disappeared. 
In order for the baby to come out, you got to go through the pain. It got to come out. And it's the same thing in our personal life. In order for you got to go through it, you can't go back. We got to make God bigger than the pain. You got to be thinking in your head, this baby going to be so great that it's going to be worth the pain that I'm going through right now. Even if you in that labor for eight, nine hours and, and y'all, I, 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 please, I don't, I don't want to have no baby. I ain't trying to pretend like I know what it feel like. But the word says that the test and trial, these momentary tests and trials that we go through can't compare to the joy, to the glory. And that's what God wants us to see in birth. We shouldn't ignore our pain and problems. We just got to put them in their place. We got to put them in their place. We can do, we can, we, we can have both. We can have joy and pain. We can celebrate Jesus and we can mourn the, and we can mourn the death of those baby boys at the same time. We don't have to choose one or the other. You can, you can grieve for your father and still have joy. You don't have to try to pretend to live in two worlds. Like you don't have to try to pretend like I'm happy when I'm really hurting in my heart. You can have both. You can have joy and pain. That's what life is all about. You can be sad and in a fog and still hold on to Jesus and get up off of the mat and have joy. That's how birth works. It's joy and it's pain. And so I'm going to read this and then I'm going to be done. This is Romans 5, 8 and 21. No, this is Romans 5, excuse me, 18 through 21. So then, as one sin condemned all people, in the same way, the one righteous act sets all people free and gives them life. And just as all people were made sinner as the result of the disobedience of one man, in the same way, we will all be put right with God as the result of the obedience of one man. That one little baby, that one little baby born in a manger, that one little baby that Joseph was put in charge of, that one little baby that Joseph's whole life changed around from the head that he had to go on this detour, that one little baby, what happens if Joseph don't protect the promise? We all lost. And that may seem like a whole bunch of responsibility, but that just shows you the goodness of God that he didn't say, Sister Jaleesa, it's your responsibility to say the word. Teacher Tony, it's your responsibility to save the world. He say, no, I'll give my only begotten son. I'll put that weight on him. And by his, his obedience, all y'all can be saved. That one little birth. Like, don't, the, the word tells us, don't, don't despise the day of small beginnings. It may seem like what he's trying to do in your life is small right now, but that one little thing, how many lives can it save? The Bible says, this is the 20th verse, law was introduced in order to increase wrongdoing. But where sin increased, God's grace increased, increased much more. And so what that means is, like, as things get worse, right, as the pain gets greater, all these things we face, as those things get greater, all the pain gets greater, 
there's more opportunity for what? Joy. Because his grace is going to rise. The Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, God is going to lift up a what? A standard against him. So when saints say, let me turn up the heat on them, God say, okay, I'm just going to step up. You know, y'all realize saint can't win. God's grace increased much more. So then, just as sin rules by means of death, what do you think God rules by? Means of life. Everything that, like, say, even, even when you go to Ezekiel and you start talking about can these bones live, like, that don't, that like, oh, or, 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 oh, death, where's your sting? Just like I was saying with those baby boys in Bethlehem, you be thinking, man, that's messed up. Death does not matter to God. He'll raise that jump from the dead. Can these bones live? Yes. And then all the, the, the marrow and the stuff start growing back to them. Death, like y'all got to realize, like nothing can take you out of the hand of God. So you got to make God bigger than your pain. You got to make God bigger than your trauma. You got to make God bigger than your abuse. God bigger than your depression. So just as sin rules by means of death, so also God's grace rules by means of righteousness, leading us to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so I end with this. The dreams and purposes that God gives us must be protected. You got to protect your Jesus. And I realized something. There's danger in life. Stop. Stop being comfortable. Like the Bible talks about, you know, like the thief coming in to steal. It's going to be that one time you don't keep your door locked. And I'm not telling you to live fearful, but I'm just saying stop being so comfortable that you don't never check. Like it's one thing. OK, I'm just not going to lock the door tonight. I'm just not going to turn the alarm on. Right. But it's one thing when you stop even checking to see if the alarm works. Right. You so comfortable in your house that you never check the smoke detector because you just know ain't no fire ever going to break out. At some point, you got to do a check. Yeah. Is my Jesus secure? Yeah. Is he still working? Yeah. Will the alarm go off if there's a fire? The dreams and purposes that God gives us, you need to check them sometime to see if they're safe. Is your heart still right? Is your relationship still right? Are you still on good standing with them? Like, do you, do you still feel them? Is he still talking to you? Sometimes that means that we're going to have to take a detour. Because let me tell you, if you get off track and God lets you know you get off track, that means you go, now you got to turn around and either go back or you're going to have to do something different. He ain't going to teleport you back the way you need to be. You're going to have to turn around and say, uh-oh, I made a mistake. And it may take you two or three hours, two or three years to get back where you messed up and you took a detour in the first place. So that's why it always, it always pays to just follow God's instructions from the beginning. Then you won't get lost. Amen. So we got to protect this promise, and sometimes that means we're going to have to take detours. But detours are often a part of God's plan. Sometimes God let us get off track so that when we look around, we can say, where am I? Where am I? This is not where I'm supposed to be. Many people's dreams are killed because they fail to listen to the Holy Spirit warning them to run. 
What if Joseph said, man, I ain't, I don't, I don't feel like going to Egypt. I don't feel like it. Promise begged. What has been? What has God been telling you to do to protect your promise? What has God been telling you to do to protect the Jesus in your life? Has he been saying, girl, you know you need to get up and read the word. Bruh, you know you need to be praying at night. You know you need to put that phone down. You know you need to check on your children. You know you need to go to church. Whatever it is, what has God been telling you to do to protect your promise? And then I got another question for you. Do you feel like there's even something worth protecting? Because I don't want to even assume that all of us feel like there is a promise. Do you even feel like there's something in your life worth protecting today? Remember that even when life and when birth is painful, there is also the possibility for great joy. Stop trying to figure out what it's going to be like and just protect the promise. Just protect the Jesus. A little mustard seed of faith can do a lot. Don't try to figure out what the, the, what the plant going to look like. Do y'all know what a mustard plant look like? I don't even know what a mustard seed look like, let alone what a mustard plant look like. <laughs> just protect it. If you got a little bit, if you got a lot, whatever it is, just protect it. And then trust God to raise or cultivate or shape a mold like he's the potter. You are the clay. Trust him to shape it how it's supposed to look. And then don't worry about whether other people think your pot look pretty or not. They have to take that up with God. Protect the promise. Amen. 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 Y'all come on and give the Lord.